Welcome to Industrious Radio, a weekly show dedicated to exploring what does it mean to work hard, live fit, and have the absolute best life possible. The show is hosted by Barry Napier, Stephen Hitt, Jeremy Donner, and a revolving cast and crew of super cool people. It's showtime. Welcome, friends, to another episode of the Industrious Radio Show. We are live from the Industrious Worldwide Radio Headquarters here in Edmonds, Washington, and we have Steve-O and Sam Love. Sam, welcome. Steve-O, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, Sam, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Fantastic. So, guys, we wanted to bring Sam in um, on the show. She is an industrious member, and she's been industrious for about how long? A year now. I just got my uh, year email recently from Steve-O. Boom. I love it. it. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. And you jumped on. You came on board. Like at a was it you were telling me was it a, a Black Friday thing or, a thing, uh, or no, the, what was it? I, I came on board a year ago and then this past November they had the Black Friday deal. So then I committed to a year membership. Got it. Because it was you pre-committed. You were ready to go. Yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, In I it to win knew it. That I was yeah. Do it, so I, I might as well save some money. I love it. I love it. Well, Sam's story is a cool story, and for those of you uh, who don't know Sam, by the end of today's show, I think you're going to have some phenomenal perspective into what it means to. Just be a person who is willing and able to push themselves through some really hardships and some difficulties and some challenges and come out the other end uh, in a new place. So, Sam, why don't you kind of just real quick give us a little bit of uh, background about kind of where, you, where you're from, you know, all that kind of good stuff, your, your 30-second bio, so to speak. Uh, all right. My 30-second bio. So, I grew up in Kirkland, so I am local. Uh, I joined the military when I was 17, so traveled the world, um, went overseas for a little bit, and by the time I was 21, I had been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and so I was retired from the military, came back here, uh, went to school, got my master's in education, and now I'm a special education teacher. Awesome. Okay, man, that's cool. So tell us a little bit about... Um, and if, for those of you listening, if you haven't guessed, part of Sam's story is this dealing with this MS and that whole kind of thing and, and kind of her journey with this. So you were in the military kind of right out of high school. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. What yeah. made you want to do that? Like- uh, I'm sixth generation military, first female. So it was all I ever saw all the other adults in my life do. And uh, I wanted to prove that I could do it too. Oh, that is really cool. Yeah. What branch of the armed forces was it? Army. Army. Yeah. Nice. That so, is outstanding. Yeah. Six generations. Six generations. Wow. I wanted to continue it. That is a family right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a family we with some like perspective. That is incredible. That's amazing. So you join, so kind of family tradition, you're going to carry it on, join right out of high school, and then you kind of travel around the world. You mentioned you were deployed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went overseas to Afghanistan. Um did some really cool stuff. And then while I was overseas, that's when the military decided that they were going to start my retirement process because of the multiple sclerosis diagnosis. So how did you, how did that even, I mean, what happened there? Like, was it, did you start experiencing some different kind of symptoms or something? What happened? Give us the kind of the backstory. Yeah, so I would just get really tired and I was 19 and I could sleep all day, every day, um, I would get tingling in my fingers and my toes and also get these killer headaches. And I used to bitch about it to one of my sergeants. And finally, he said, this isn't normal. We're going to send you in for an MRI. So he sent me in for an MRI. And that's when they found my brain just covered in lesions. 
And after a spinal tap and a review of my brain, that's when they diagnosed me with multiple sclerosis. Mm. Oh my God. What was that experience like? I mean, being 19, 19 at the yeah, time? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you're 19. Um, you're you're kind of in the midst of fulfilling this, this lifetime dream and passion and kind of mission and vision that you've had for your life. And all of a sudden now you get this diagnosis that changes everything. Yeah. My world ended for sure. Um, my plan was to be career military. So um, I fought it for a while. I appealed the military's decision twice. But after two years, uh, when I was 21, they came back with the conclusion that you are not retainable if you have multiple sclerosis. So there's nothing I could do. So I just felt destroyed. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. That is incredible. Yeah. So going through that process is a kind of almost like a death of self, you know, where it's like your whole vision of your, your life and what you're going to do. you you know, you have to kind of let it go. Grieving process that uh, can be very difficult. Um, and it sounds like it was kind of a phased thing. So they kind of phased you out and then you came back home. Yeah. I, uh, moved, moved back home after about three weeks of sleeping and drinking a lot. My mom said, you gotta get a job. You gotta get out. Um, and that's when I really started to think, you know, what am I going to do with my life now? What is my second career now going to be? Um, and I just didn't want it to be a death sentence. Mm -hmm. Sure. Were you at the time? So when you came back, um, you know, from a symptomatic standpoint, um, from a treatment standpoint, I mean, what were you dealing with? What were you going through at that point? Um, as soon as I was officially diagnosed, they started me on full-blown treatment. So I was doing injections once a day uh, of disease-modifying therapy to try to slow down the progress. And then I was on about 30 pills a day for my various symptoms. So needed help staying awake during the day, needed help with my nerve pain, um, all sorts of stuff. So I was just on a cocktail of medication, and then I was having symptoms from that because side effects are everywhere. Sure. Um, so it was just, it was not good. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to end up in a wheelchair or if I was going to end up going blind. And, uh, Dr. Google is a, a terrible loophole to, to go down. And I just read all the worst case scenarios for the disease. Did you even know what MS was before you got it? I did. Um, I knew somebody growing up that had MS and unfortunately he had a very bad case. So he was in a wheelchair. He wasn't talking. He had a full-time caregiver. And so that's what I assumed would be my life. Wow. And for those people that don't know what MS is, um, tell us you know, what, what it is, how it affects you, and um, just to give people perspective that don't understand what the disease is. Yeah. So basically your nerves have a protective layer around them called a myelin sheath. And with multiple sclerosis, your body doesn't really recognize that the myelin sheath around your nerves is a good thing. So it attacks it. Um, so my nerves end up looking like a, a rat chewed through pieces of a wire. Mm -hmm. And because of that, when my brain is trying to send messages to my body, they don't always go through clearly. And that causes various symptoms, which can lead to blindness, being in a wheelchair, loss of bladder control, all sorts of things when your body doesn't know how to sure. send and receive messages. Sure. So basically it's a, your, your brain's trying to say, move my leg and that signal may or may not get there. Right. Got yeah. It. And if the damage is too severe, it's gone. And yeah. then that's how people lose their mobility and don't get it back because the deterioration is so severe that Got it. nothing can be done. Got it. 
Yeah. Was that from a, just dealing with that emotionally? Uh, what was that? What was that process? Oh, I mean, God. did you have some dark days there? I can't. I, mean, I still do. Uh, there will be times where I'm just on a high and I feel great. I'm going out with friends. I'm living my life. And then one day I'll wake up and I can't walk right or I'm blind in my left eye. And I don't like to bitch about my symptoms because I guess I don't want the, the pity or the, the sympathy. So then I, I keep it to myself and then I just spiral downward because I get into the whole mindset of nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody will get it. Not to mention MS causes mood swings. I mean, your nerves sure. and your brain's getting eaten. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's hard to not have a pity party sometimes for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So you found yourself life changed, um, dealing with the, the emotional and physical and all this kind of stuff, trying to figure out what is your life going to be now. You're on a crazy bunch of crazy medications, multiple injections, 30 pills, plus, like crazy medication, yeah. right? Yeah. Symptom, you know, trying to, that medications that's trying to help you, but then you're taking medications because the medications, right? All that whole thing. And, and then, so you decide you want to go into education. Is that kind of, mm-hmm. so you thought, you know, I want to help people. I'm going to continue kind of service, probably that similar kind of thing. And so I'm going to go do that. Is that, yeah, that path? Yeah. So you started on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, just went for my master's in education um, because, as it turns out, a bachelor's in psychology is completely useless. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> so, no, no, bachelor's in anything, though. So don't feel that. Uh, I mean, I had a bachelor's <laughs> in religion and classics. That's even more useless than psychology. Uh, so so I, I went and I got my grad degree and I got my teaching certificate and I uh, taught up until I had my son. And then after I had my son, I assumed I would never really be able to work full time again just because I didn't have energy and I had the mindset that I was only going to get worse. So why try? Mm -hmm. And I kind of just became very complacent with my lifestyle. Started moving to coast mode. Yeah. Sure. Why try if there's no hope, right? I mean. And I've also heard that pregnancy kind of from an MS thing can be very, very difficult and they can kind of increase that, the fatigue piece and all of that and just dealing with the physical challenges of, of going through a pregnancy. But then post-pregnancy, I mean, having like a baby and stuff is like I mean, already not- crazy, the hardest thing you could ever do. So like probably 10 times harder with the MS piece going on too. Oh, yeah. I was not a lovely pregnant person. But- <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. So what yeah. changed? So you came to, a, so you were at a point of, of kind of drifting, let's say, maybe yeah. not clear about where you were going. What changed? Um, right before I started industrious, I realized that I was, you know, I was done breastfeeding my son. I knew I wasn't going to have any more children. So I knew I was to a point where I either needed to go back on my MS medications or I needed to do something drastic. And I didn't want to go back on the drugs. I really didn't. So I said to myself, I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start eating right. And if that's keeping the symptoms at bay and my lesions at bay, I'm going to keep doing that until I have to go on meds again. Uh, So I found a local gym that I liked and it was all right. And it closed down like three weeks after I joined. So then I uh, met a local preschool mom, Laura Blake, and she kept telling me to come try CrossFit with her. And I kept telling her no. And finally, when my gym closed, she said, I'll give you a free pass for a week. Please just come try it with me. And so I finally agreed to come try CrossFit. 
Now, why were you resistant to come try CrossFit before that? Uh, so I was in the military and that's when CrossFit was just first getting really big, especially overseas. And I would just watch you guys and laugh at you all day. <laughs> I, I, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd be in Afghanistan and there'd be these dudes flipping tires or trying to do crazy shit up in the rings. And I would just make fun of you and I would see you guys running and I'd be shouting PR, PR. And I was, I I was just an asshole about CrossFitters and I had built up that that front for so long that I couldn't give it up mm-hmm. without a good fight. Um, but I finally came over to the dark side. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So Laura brought you in. Laura, yeah. She, uh, on my one year uh, anniversary at the gym, I gave her a gift and I, she changed my life because if she hadn't gotten me to come into this gym, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. And I tell her all the time that she sincerely changed my life. Oh, that yeah. is really sweet. Yeah. That is really cool. So as you started it, it out, you started CrossFit. I mean, there's there's a lot of people have perceptions about CrossFit, whether it was something like you came into it, which is where you're like these, you know, a bunch of this is a bunch of bullshit crazies <laughs> or whatever. Um, versus other people who come into it thinking it can be really, really hard and like way past their skill set or ability. Um, and, and just a lot of people have opinions about CrossFit who've never done it, you know. So the fact that you say that I love it, it just cracks me up. Um, but when you got started... You know, what was, you know, and you got to start in industrious. So coming into industrious, what was, you know, what was different maybe than you had anticipated? So what was unexpectedly different? Uh, Right off the bat, the professionalism. I walked in and you guys are showing me where the water fountain is and you're showing me how to go onto the app and register for classes. And it just seemed like the gym really had their shit together and my money was going towards that entire experience. And so I immediately knew that it was an investment that I was going to see a return on very quickly. Yeah. And then that's great. I love that. When you started working out and getting into the movements, was a lot of that stuff new? I mean, it doesn't sound like you came from an athlete, like an Olympic weightlifting background or any of that kind of stuff. So Uh, I was a cross country runner in high school. I had never lifted weights in my life. Uh, so coming into it, I didn't know what a sta- snatch was. I didn't know what a clean and jerk was. I had never lifted up a bar in my life. So everything was entirely new and it scared me. I get anxiety when people watch me. And uh, as someone at the gym, I know says a lot, CrossFit's a spectator sport. <laughs> and so I had to get over that. People are going to watch me fail. People are going to watch me uh, PR and struggle and do all these things. And so I had to get over that pretty quickly. Yeah. How did that sort of letting yourself be vulnerable? Um, uh, how, how do you feel like that has sort of impacted you and just your trust that you have for other people and just knowing that, you know, people aren't watching me or looking at me in a judgmental way. They're looking at me in a supportive way. Yeah. It's, it's been the best motivator ever. I used to think that I would absolutely hate being watched and, cheered on and everything else and uh the atmosphere really pumps you up and you feed off of it and so i think it's because of that that i've been able to be so successful and continue to lift more and do better is because i have so many people cheering me on people that i don't even know yelling my name sure just it's a good feeling yeah so you started, it sounds like this was kind of maybe part of a whole kind of shift or pivot you realized you had to make in your life. So you started, um, you started at the gym, you started, you started industrious and started that physicality. You start also start making some changes to other parts of your lifestyle, like food, nutrition, kind of sleep, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I immediately made sure that I did a lot better with my diet. I've always eaten fairly well, but I do enjoy wine and that kind of stuff. So 
Um, I just did more moderating with my lifestyle. And within a few weeks, I was already noticing changes in my body and changes in my muscle tone. And it was unbelievable because I felt like I had been fighting for years on an elliptical, trying to get the results that a couple CrossFit classes gave me. So it was pretty mind-blowing. That's cool. Yeah. Now, this time you were medication. You were, so you weren't on meds when you started, right? Because you had just gotten done like breastfeeding. And obviously, you probably can't be on a crazy slew of cocktail meds when you're breastfeeding, right? Um, so you were your medication for you wanted to stay that way. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about you know what, so what happened over the course of this last year? You know where are you at? What what changes um, with your condition were going on? Kind of give us the insights. Yeah. So I made the deal that as long as I wasn't ending up in the hospital or being put on steroids or showing that my brain had more lesions, I was going to stay off meds and just keep trying the diet and exercise approach. And I told myself, I absolutely have to go to CrossFit at least four times a week, preferably five, unless for some reason I'm just exhausted or uh, too sore from Molly programming. (laughs) And uh, so I just kept doing that. And I started to notice that when I wouldn't go to CrossFit, I would be more tired, which seems counterintuitive because CrossFit kicks my ass and makes me tired, but not in the same way that the MS fatigue would get to me. So on the days that I would go to CrossFit, I didn't have that MS fatigue. I didn't have that pain. So it just became a point where I start telling myself I have to go because it'll make me feel better. And uh, I stayed in contact with my neurologist. She was fully supportive of this approach. And over the past year, I've had uh, no hospitalizations, no steroid use. I haven't been on any medication. And my most recent MRI showed no new lesions, no disease progress. And she is more than okay with me continuing on this path. So it feels really good. Congratulations. That is amazing. How do you feel about your life and the kind of your prospects and where you're at today versus where you were all those years, two, three years ago? Yeah. I mean, I used to really think that I would that I could be in a wheelchair at this point. And now I'm like, fuck that. You know, I'm going to keep doing CrossFit. I'm going to keep doing my thing. I'm not going to let it get to me. And I know it's not as simple as mind over matter, but I really think that a lot of it is saying I can do this. And then I do it. Whereas if you tell yourself every day you have a disease, you're going to start acting like it. But now I try not to even think about it. Uh, People will bring it up and I'll be like, Oh yeah, I have MS forgot for a while. And that's never happened before because I'm just not, focusing on it yeah i'm focusing on my gains and my prs and all that stuff and that's my last concern well and you, you've done such a good job at just being you and and it was complete it took me completely by surprise when i found out that you had ms really? i was like there is no way she moves so good she's improved so much and so when i heard that story and then when you shared with me we were in the gym and sam shared with me some of the positive outcomes that she's driven for herself i said we've got you we've got to get you on the show people need to hear your story because i was so inspired by it i mean even sitting here now i'm emotional and, you know, it's, it, it truly is incredible that, you know, you can have that, but you don't, you don't let it slow you down. You don't use it as an excuse to just take up the couch and the bag of Doritos. Um, you, you use it as motivation to drive better outcomes for yourself. And, you know, that's, that's why we do this thing. Um, and so your story is just incredible. Yeah. You guys are really changing lives for sure. 
It is very cool. I think you bring up such a great point too earlier, whereas there's, it's not like there's never any dark days, right? Or there's never still struggle. I mean, there's going to be struggles, going to be challenges, but you know, where your focus is now, where your mindset is now, and then what follows from that is totally different. So it's, it's a matter of if you have a, episode or you have something that you know where your body's not doing the, the exact things you want it to do rather than have that be this black hole that consumes you it's like well shit i gotta go to the gym tomorrow or whatever and you're back at it mm-hmm. yeah i've i've come in grumpy as hell feeling like i'm having a bad day no one cares they just you're there for the workout that's all that matters and i think that's what i really like about the gym uh, I'm the queen of saying awkward shit, and I feel like everybody, <laughs> everybody's accepted that. And uh, now, it's sh- now it's just the who I am, and I, it's nice to go somewhere and be embraced for who you are. And as long as you're showing up, that's all anyone cares about. You're yeah. there. Yeah, hell yeah. Show up and put in the work. Yeah. So besides just the incredible physical, kind of mental, and this kind of transformation where you are today, uh, also you're back in the workforce, right? So you're working and still, I mean, your mom and you're doing all of it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I'm teaching full time. I over the summer, this is my summer break right now. I'm working for a local nonprofit, helping uh, diagnose babies, and I'm momming and I'm going out with friends. I'm vacationing. I'm doing things that a year ago I would have never thought that I'd be doing or that I'd enjoy doing. It's incredible. Yeah. That is just amazing. You know, just to think about, you, you know, where you were when you first got the news and how devastated you were to where you are now. I mean, you were, you were literally crushing life right now. Yeah. Were, it's crazy. <laughs> you were doing it. I'm volunteering at a nonprofit, working out every day for yourself, taking care of your family. Um, and just your attitude is fucking rad. <laughs> it is so cool. Um, and I, I'm just so inspired by it. Thank it you. is amazing. I think the more I live, the more I realize we all, my, excuse my language on this podcast. No, we're an adult podcast. Yeah, we um, put the explicit up. Oh, okay, yeah, we put, good. Yeah. Tune in if so you want to. Days. If you don't, that's okay. My- the first few episodes, we forgot it. We got some <laughs> feedback. It's like, hey, guys, I love the podcast, but I was like rolling with the kids in the back, and somebody <laughs> no, started dude. dropping some F-bombs, yeah. or maybe start talking about <laughs> masturbation or something. It's probably that episode. It was, like, it was like, yeah, maybe you should click that button. It says explicit. And I was like, good feedback. We won't miss that in the future. <laughs> One of my favorite sayings is, we all have our shit you know so i might have a mess and that's a very a label we all have our shit but some people have other stuff going on some people you know we all we all have issues we all have really bad days and i think social media really fucks with that these days Mm -hmm. and making us feel like everyone's perfect and that's not the case and i like that the gym is so welcoming and embraces everyone for whoever they are and whatever their personality might be. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, the gym in the industrious community is we we want people to come as their true authentic self and, and let themselves be vulnerable. I mean, I feel like that's why a lot of people are afraid to get things rolling because they're afraid that they're going to be judged and they're, they're, they're thinking about external things and what people will say, how they'll be viewed, blah, 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 blah. And it, you know, in my experience, I found that that's probably the biggest mistake that people can make in their lives is worrying about what other people think and rather just looking inside of them and, and what's going to make them happy and, and, and let them be themselves and then come into a place like industrious. that's going to give you a, 
high five and a hell yeah for being yourself and saying, let's roll. And, and I feel like, you know, the, the, the collective aspect of our community and people like Sam and, and people like all of you that are listening, you know, it is all of us in our unique selves that ultimately, you know, draw it, each one of us has a, has a really cool story. We all started somewhere. There was something that got us going and, and, and that's a unique and inspiring story. And I feel like that is what lifts us all up on those days when we're not feeling great. Um, whether we're, we're, we're sad about the way things are going or maybe we're just on a tough stretch or whatever um you know that's where we gain the inspiration for us to keep you know hard charging and you know just hearing your story today it just makes me want to keep pushing and keep pushing harder and keep working harder and, and figuring out ways to impact more people because you know sometimes you can lose sight of of you know that you just get tired. You're working around the clock and everything else. But all I all it takes is one of those, and I'm like, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's push harder. Let's let's grow and let's reach more people. Well, and I think your story is the. Po- I mean, one of the. There's so many great messages we could pull from it, but one I think is around getting started, right, and stepping into the stepping into the unknown. And, and I think that is one of those things where so many people uh, they don't take that first step. You know, and that's always the hardest step to take, right? It was when Laura convinced you finally, you know, conversation after conversation, and you're like, I don't want to join your cult. Like, leave me alone. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Like, no, I don't want to sell your Amway, you know? But it was like, okay, no, I'll come check it out. And then it really started to change things for you. So I I think that that's one of the messages I take out of it is that there could be someone out there right now who's hearing this or knows somebody who could really see that kind of transformation in their life that being part of something awesome challenging yourself you know being in an environment that helps you excel it's like right there you know but you got to take the first step so what would you say to people who are you know either hear this or have friends or family or whatever that you know this story kind of sparks in them a hope for a person that they know to experience kind of transformation what would you tell them just do it go to chrissy's class she's uh chrissy's the best and i i i think that part of the reason why my first few times was so successful and i kept coming back was because she was so patient with me she again i i really i felt like everyone was watching me i had terrible social anxiety i still do but um (laughs) you know it wasn't a big deal to have the training bar out it wasn't a big deal to have the training plates on it wasn't a big deal to only focus on the movements when everyone else is doing all these crazy lifts and it just made me feel normal. Anything can be modified. Anything can be made to your level. And I never really understood that about CrossFit. I assumed I would have to immediately start doing bench presses with green plates on. And it's not a big deal if I have to modify everything. Yeah, you, yeah exactly. I mean, there's thing, it's like you might, there's certain moves that you might never execute those moves the way some elite athlete would do it. It's like, so the fuck what? You know what I mean? I was like, I don't, that's not, I'm not aspiring to do a quadruple backflip. You know what I mean? Like, that's like not on my goal list. Right. I'm in here to work out, feel awesome, have a great time, be safe, uh, and improve my fitness and my health. And, you know, all of us start somewhere along that sliding scale. And then the needs of a human being, whether you're an elite athlete or whether you're somebody, you know, just, just 
hitting rock bottom and bouncing up from that, you know, you, they're the same, what they, you know, we all still need to do things like squats. We all still need to do things like, uh, like presses and runs and, um, we need to get on the ground and get up. We have to do those things. And, you know, so the, the needs of us do not vary in kind. The needs of us vary in sort of intensity and in scale. And that's the beautiful thing about it. And that's why it, it, it works for everybody. Um, you know, some people may, may have done it and said it didn't work for me because it was either too hard or something else. But the, the reality is, is that the fitness improvement and the fitness to be attained by the constantly varied functional movement, high intensity approach works if people stick with it, period. And, and we've seen that over and over and over again with all kinds of people. Absolutely. Well, Sam, thank you for coming in to the studio today. Thanks for sharing your story. It's a powerful story. And I uh, can't wait to get this in front of more people and, and have people hear this and hear what you've accomplished and recognize that there's hope and there's transformation and it is there and it is ready and you just got to go out and get it. So congratulations on all your progress. It's just an honor that we are part of that story. I'm so glad that you're here at Industrious and thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sam. This was great. Talk later, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the show. This podcast has been brought to you by Local Business Academy. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. Like, share, subscribe, and leave us a review.